Have you ever dreamed of becoming an interior designer? You don't want to go back to university, you don't want to work for a large firm, but you just don't know how to get started. You want flexibility, you want to pursue your passion, and you want to make income. Well, you should definitely check out the Uploft Interior Design Academy. It's my proprietary program that I've used internally for years and have made available to the public. Not only do you get video modules that you can take at your own pace, but you also get one-on-one coaching sessions with me, group coaching sessions with our Facebook group of Academy students, and so much more. If you're interested, Get more information and sign up for an exploratory call with me at affordableinteriordesign.com slash academy. Once again, that's affordableinteriordesign.com slash academy. It's time to start living the life of your dreams. high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer this is affordable interior design the podcast here's your host betsy Hellman. hello everybody my voice is here my body is here on the other side of the mic but my brain is on vacation in just a few short days i leave with my kids for rhode island And personally, I have never needed the beach more. I got one of those beach bub umbrellas. I just went the distance this year. I'm not going to have one that falls over. I'm not going to have one that flies away. I am going to sit in the sand for hours under my beach bub umbrella and the world will just melt away. Hopefully my kids will behave as well. What do we think? What are the chances of all this happening? Well, I hope they're high because I need a vacation more than ever during this COVID crisis when anxiety is plaguing me, when I'm having trouble sleeping, when I'm overworked and underappreciated. Does anybody else feel underappreciated these days? Well, I need a getaway. And so I'm going to answer some questions, but I'm going to try not to be too distracted with thoughts of lobster bibs and um, days with no to-do lists. All right, guys, I have amazing questions that have come in from you. If you have questions, if you're sitting at home thinking, what kind of art should I buy for above my sofa? How big should my rug be in my living room? Well, you can ask me. You can write to me at info at affordableinteriordesign.com and I'll get to your questions. And if you're thinking to yourself, Betsy, I've listened to every single podcast. I need more. Well, you'll probably want to become a premium member. You can head over to Affordable Interior Design slash podcast, and there you will be able to become a premium member and get access to all my bonus episodes. I release a bonus episode that is exclusively for my premium members once a month, and I can't wait to share with you this month um, details of some design projects I'm working on. I'm going to open up my design diary as I do because I am very busy right now working in person with a lot of fabulous clients. We're, of course, wearing masks and staying safe, but I'm taking more projects than I have in years, and I want to tell you all about it. So 
you won't want to miss it, head over, become a premium member, and get access to my interior design diary. All right, into the old mailbag I go because I have questions from Tiffany. Tiffany writes me, Hi, Betsy. I've recently come across your podcast and I am loving them. I have been on the quest to find an interior design 101 something for oh so long, and I am so happy that I found your podcast. You've been very helpful. I've been listening to episode after episode, and I feel like we're best friends. Guys, guys, besides my dog and my husband, you guys are my best friends. I love connecting with you week after week. It's been five years now. So, I mean, I've known some of you longer than I've known some of my real life BFFs. Uh, And I feel connected too, even though I rarely hear you guys talk back. So feel free to talk back. Send me those emails. All right, back to Tiffany. My husband and I are building an 18-foot by 40-foot Key West Cottage-inspired home in the historic district of Pittenham, New Jersey. Unfortunately, we don't have the budget to hire an interior designer, so I've been trying to do it all myself. It is so overwhelming because I want it to be perfect. Anyway, I recently listened to episode 28, Style Search, where you talk about various style words. My question is, can Key West Cottage be our style? And what's the number one tip you have on accomplishing that? Also, we love our new town, and we want to incorporate some historical elements of Pittman as well. Thank you for all your advice. Your wannabe best friend, Tiffany. Well, Tiffany, first of all... Not only did I feel like we're best friends because, you know, all my podcast listeners are near and dear to me, but you hold an extra special place in my heart because I actually worked with you and your husband the other day on this Key West cottage. You hired me for a design consult. We spent two hours jamming together and this email must have come in. Well, let's see. When did it come in? Came in in May. So we've worked together since. I put everyone in the mailbag and so I just have to go through them as I get to them, right? But Tiffany, let me just say, I was so inspired by your home. I'll give you a little snapshot, listeners. So Tiffany and her husband are constructing a brand new, uh, beautiful Victorian home. Typically, that would sound like an oxymoron, but they have got gingerbread going on. They've got all the details of an amazingly adorable Victorian home. However, it's being built now, and when you go inside, there's this amazing, I think it was 24-foot high ceiling. You can see all the way up to the top of the home. It's got a peaked roof. It's got an open master. It's really unique. And the other thing that was so fun when working with you, Tiffany, is that this Key West vibe is completely up my alley. I went to Key West with my husband. We were on a cruise and we stopped over at Key West back when cruises and vacations were a thing. And I was instantly in love. First of all, you know from listening to my podcast how much I love color, but also I really loved the architecture, the ornate detailing. Victorians are my favorite type of home. So of course, I was instantly smitten. And when I saw your plans for your home, I felt the exact same way. Now, what you're creating is a dream home, but the problem with using the phrase Key West is that it evokes a lot of different things. It evokes beach, 
right? It evokes uh, Victorian detailing. It could evoke old world kind of muted colors, or it could evoke really bright, loud, vibrant colors. Key West means different things to different people. When I think Key West, the part that I fell in love with most was sort of that Hemingway era Key West with the more muted tones, the more sophisticated look, certainly a lot of seagrass, but it's not so um, contemporary, beachy, playful. It's more calm, maybe even a little Southern um, and more muted. So what does Key West mean to you? As we were working together, I really wanted to get to the bottom of that because I think that could be the style word, right? Key West wants you to find what the Key West style is for you and for your husband. And then you want to layer in with that feeling word because you guys were a very young, hip couple. And so I don't necessarily want this to feel too historic, right? I don't want this to have, you know, a lot of antiques. I don't want it to feel like Hemingway's home because also we're in New Jersey. So you guys are young. You guys are in New Jersey. What does that feel like? What do you want your guests to feel like when they walk in? What do you want them to say or feel about your house that would be different than then if they walked into a home in Key West. So the key with a two-word phrase or three-word phrase as I like to call it nowadays, um, the key is that it's personalized to you and it resonates with you because so many people have different definitions of what contemporary means, what beachy means, what Key West means, and I want this to be uniquely you. So Tiffany, I hope I helped not only today, but also during our session. I had so much fun working with you guys. You guys had amazing ideas, brought so much to the table, and I loved diving in with you. I can't wait to see those after pictures. Guys, if you want to work with me, you can. All you have to do is email info at affordableinteriordesign.com. Our amazing team members will align you with the perfect package and you can work directly with me. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Are you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. Next question. 
digging here into the old mailbag, it comes from Emily. Emily writes, hi Betsy, I'm a Hastings neighbor. So Hastings is the town right next to Dobbs Ferry where I live and record here in Westchester. All right, so you write, I hope you are staying sane during the lockdown. Well, no, I'm not staying sane, but I am staying safe and I am feeling grateful. So thanks for inquiring, Emily. All right, you continue. I want to buy some outdoor furniture for the walkway in front of our house. I'd like to sit, have a drink, watch the kids ride their bike, etc. Ideally, what would be something we can move to the back lawn when we have people over? Two Acapulco chairs and a side table? Adirondack chairs? I'm attaching a photo of the front walkway. We have a temporary storage bench there, but the space could hold at most eight foot by three foot I'm also attaching a photo of the small back lawn. We bought a modern gray dining table and chairs for that patio, and we're waiting for it all to be delivered. Thanks for your help. I really enjoy your podcast, Emily. All right, Emily. So scrolling through your pictures, that area behind the house is long and narrow. I think seating is a great idea. You could do chairs, even though chairs need room all around them. You wouldn't want to shove a chair up against the wall of your house or up against the wall interior. Also, you want chairs to have room around them. So when I'm dealing with something like this narrow strip where maybe we don't have room for the chairs to have space all the way around them, you may want to consider a sofa because of course a sofa feels organic when pushed up against a wall and typically it has roughly the same depth of a ch- as a chair, somewhere between 30 and 36 inches for an outdoor sofa. An indoor sofa is more like 36 inches deep. So I would explore, because this is such a long, lean area, perhaps doing a sofa there, something that might feel quite comfortable. Then you could add two end tables, because as I referenced, you have an elongated space, so it's longer than it is deep. So a coffee table would not make sense. It would basically interrupt the entire walkway. But you'll still want to have a place for your book, your drink, and so an end table would really make a lot of sense. The other thing I like to do, even though in a long, narrow strip I may be less inclined, is to think about an outdoor rug. I love outdoor rugs because they help to define a seating area or a dining area, frankly. They also break up the texture of the patio. So they formally create a zone while breaking up all the bluestone. And of course, it's an opportunity to add pattern, color, texture. And if you do want to do chairs, the thing I find with the chairs on my patio, on my bluestone, is that the feet, um, my specific chairs have black feet, they will scuff the bluestone and stain it when I pull them back and forth. So I find that a rug is just so practical for, for, excuse me, preventing those marks. Now, looking at your dining area, that again is a perfect place for uh, an outdoor rug that could maybe even pull together the colors that you're featuring on the sofa area with the pillows. And of course, I do like the colors in my outdoor area to be somewhat reflective of the colors I've used indoors if I can see the indoor space from the outdoor space because it's all sort of one. If 
if you had, for instance, a big sliding door, or in my case, I have big French doors that fling open the patio space and integrate it with my living room. And so I do like those two areas to feel somewhat cohesive. They don't have to be matchy-matchy, but I just don't want it to feel like it's in a totally different world. So Emily, I hope that helped. And I'm so glad to hear you're a neighbor. Feel free to stop by the storefront. I'm typically here Monday through Friday, unless I'm on vacay. Yeah, vacay. All right. Thanks for writing in, Emily. Let me get to my next question. My next question comes from Maria. Maria has written, hold on here, just pulling it up. Betsy, I love your podcast so much. It has helped me when decorating and painting my basement and my one-bedroom Brooklyn apartment. As you can see, our living room has quote-unquote stations. The right-hand corner is the meditation, reading, relaxation station. Kudos to my boyfriend who made the fixture with the hanging lanterns. Yes, those are flameless candles. And I know you're not a fan, but they do add a very nice decor. Now, hold on, Maria. Let's stop this show. Since when did I say I wasn't a fan of flameless candles? I actually do find them to be quite practical, especially in areas with children or with pets. I love a good flameless candle. Now, I'm not a big fan of anything faux, right? Like I don't like faux paint. I don't like faux wood. I don't like faux leather. And I don't really love faux flames, but I do feel like they're very practical and I am certainly not, not a fan. So correction. All right, you continue. On the left-hand side, we have a workout and virtual reality gaming corner. In the center is our living room, which I have sectioned off with a rug per your recommendation. It contains an entertainment center. I'm thinking of what to do with the area directly behind the couch. It is a section of the room that is in between the workout and meditation sections. At first, I was thinking a bar cart. Now I'm thinking a console with storage would be a really good idea. I would like to incorporate more art into the room, but as you can see, that wall is not clearly divided. Would you recommend hanging art on that wall? I'm open to ideas as to what to do with this open space. Thank you in advance and keep going with this podcast. You are doing amazing. P.S. I also have a podcast. It is called SLP's Wine and Cheese. We drink wine, eat cheese, and talk about speech therapy and other related topics. I think that is so inspiring, Maria. My son needed speech therapy for quite a while, and I can't tell you how grateful I was to his amazing speech therapists. In fact, they were so amazing that he no longer has his little lisp, and now he doesn't need therapy at all. So guys, if your child has a lisp or needs speech therapy, I can't recommend speech therapists enough. My son now sounds amazing, and you'd never even know he needed speech therapy in the first place. And I certainly hope that his speech therapist indulged in wine and cheese and your podcast because it sounds like the perfect end to a hard day of working with these kids and maybe even adults. I'm not sure exactly what you do. All right, so let's dig in here. Let's check out these pictures. So this looks to be that kind of elongated area, and you explained it quite nicely with that workout station on the left, the central living room space, and the space on the right for that meditation reading zone. 
Now, there are also two columns in the center of the space that are not only dividing it into thirds, um, but are also kind of defining that living space. In other words, they're very tight and close to the couch. The thing that's bothering me about this space is that visually, it seems that you're kind of tucking the sofa quite close to the entertainment area. You're kind of feeling architecturally bound by these columns. And I think that's a big misstep because not only does the entertainment center feel large and bulky, but so does this couch, which is like an espresso leather with very chunky arms. It appears to have two matching chairs on either side that are touching the arms of the sofa. It just feels too cramped. And these other areas on either side feel not accessorized enough because the central area is so dense and heavy. What I would ask you to do is make this central area more spacious. I think you should push this sofa back so that it encroaches more in that walkway behind it and leaves less room um, behind it because I just think that's a lost opportunity and I think the seating area is feeling way too tight. Even though we do have these other two stations, as you call them, on the right and the left, they require much less room than a living area. So give the area in the middle it's due. Give it more space. Now you're saying, Betsy, that is going to totally interrupt the flow of the rug. And yes, it's going to be very hard to maneuver this rug around these two columns and ensure that the rug stays under all the major pieces of seating. Because, you know, you can't just cut holes in this rug and put it around the columns. Well, I mean, you could, but should you? Probably not. So what I'm going to recommend is that perhaps the living room area does not actually have the rug. Maybe you define the zones flanking the living area, the workout and meditation zones, with rugs instead and leave the central area more open and flexible and rugless. It's just an idea. Now, I definitely think these walls are screaming out for artwork. But the problem, and a problem you didn't mention, but I see, right? Were you trying to hide it from me? Or did you not realize what a big issue this is? Is that that long back wall behind the sofa that extends the entire way between the three zones, right? First of all, it has two transom windows up atop, but the problem I'm seeing is not the transom windows. It's that the wall in between the transom windows has like this strange bump out where part of the wall, roughly a third of the wall, is inset two inches, which means that the artwork is going to look a little bit odd. Now, I still want you to have artwork, and I'd still probably like it to be centered between the two transom windows, but you don't want to have a gap behind the artwork of those two inches. So you'll probably, oof, it's weird. It's weird. You'll probably want to do more of a vertical piece that can still be centered between the transom windows, but that won't go past that two inch gap. Maybe it's long and narrow. That could be interesting. Or maybe you do artwork on the far side of the transom windows and leave the middle empty. I'm not sure because I'm not sure if I'm seeing that correctly, but if I am, you've got a bigger pickle on your hands than we thought. Extend that living room. 
I wouldn't put a console on the wall with the two-inch divot because, again, that's going to draw attention to the oddness of it. Um, you could do a tall cabinet there. Or you could do a sofa table, a long, low table extending the back of this couch. And that would potentially hold, uh, you know, coasters, right, or picture frames, or vases, or something so that it can feel like it's decorated without relying on wall art to add all those decorative touches. Well, I hope I helped Maria because this is not a straightforward situation, but then of course that's why you wrote in, isn't it? Guys, I love answering your emails and it helps me to stay in the moment even when my brain is off at the beach. If you have questions for me, please don't hesitate. Send them while I'm away. Send them while I'm lying on my beach towel having, um, well, you know what I love to have? Maria loves to have wine and cheese, and I love to have those vodka sodas that come in the can. Oh my gosh, I can't get enough. There's like a watermelon one. Ah, oh, take me away. Uh, you'll send those questions to info at Affordable Interior Design, and I'll be back with you next week. Bye, everybody. You've asked for it, and we have answered the call. For years, you've been saying, Betsy, you're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.